Welcome to the Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast, inside the business, buzz, and brilliance of Black entrepreneurs. Here is your host, Dr. Francis Richards. What happens in Vegas goes all over the world on Black Entrepreneur Experience, episode number 386. Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black Entrepreneur Experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Imagine banking almost $1 million during your first 365 days in business. Listen to our conversation with trial and personal injury attorney, Nigel Purry. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Richards. Thanks for having me. I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business? Absolutely. My name is Nigel Peary. I am a trial lawyer in the Atlanta area. I represent victims of car wrecks, slip and falls, dog bites, wrongful death cases. What separates me from other lawyers is I actually try the cases in court myself. I don't bring in other lawyers to help me do that. You know, I can take it from start to finish myself. I've been practicing eight years now, and I'm in the second year of running my own law firm. And it's it's been quite a great experience. Let's jump right into it. It's important when you talk about a trial attorney and one an attorney that's not a trial attorney. Share with our audience what's the difference. Sure thing. So once you're a lawyer, you, there's so many different kinds of law you can do. And then there's you can stick to a kind of like a little niche. So what some lawyers do is they bring the case in, they work it up, and then they send a demand to the insurance company and they try to get the case settled. If they can't get, get the case settled, they bring in lawyers like myself who actually file lawsuits, take depositions, go into court, do hearings, do jury trials, jury selections, closing arguments. Other lawyers don't actually do the courtroom part. They do everything before that. You know, I, I do both. I do it all. <laughs> what is something that we as consumers should know about trial and injury attorneys that we don't know? Oh, quite a few things. Well, number one, you should never pay any injury attorney out of pocket, right? It's a contingency fee basis. So the lawyer has to actually get you a settlement. Then when that settlement comes in, that's when they get paid. So that's one, definitely one thing to know. And then of course you want to ask your lawyer, Hey, do you try the case yourself or do you bring in other lawyers, you know, to help you out? I think that's a, that speaks, speaks to the attorney's skill set. you know, if they have to get help or if they don't. And talk about, we hear this 33 and a third, and now things are changing where you have attorneys advertising, you are going to get more than the attorney. Speak to that, the settlement fees. The maximum is here in Georgia is, is set by the state legislature. So the most we can charge for personal injury car cases is 40%, but the attorney has the option to charge you less. You know, if they charge you more, they should have a car. Regardless of what your attorney charges you, you want to sit down and have a conversation with them about what it's going to be. So you understand and you don't feel like you've been treated dishonestly, right? So every client that I have, I make sure they understand, hey, if we have to file suit, the fees are going to be 40%. And if the client wants to negotiate that, we can. And let me clarify that for our audience when I said 33 and a third. And thank you for clarifying that 40% in the state of Georgia I'm in the state of Nevada and ours is 33 and a third and some it's less. So I just want 
individuals that are listening all over that they'd have to check with what their law allows in their state. I'd say how much you're going to pay your attorney is one of the most important conversations you're going to have. And you want to have it up front so that it's out in the open because it keeps money can make things confusing. And sometimes can you don't want to burn bridges with clients. I think if you treat people well, people feel like they were treated honestly. They'll come back when they need an attorney again, and they'll refer you to others, which has been a great thing for my firm. What was your decision to go to law school? I had a mentor. She was an attorney, and I really admired her critical thinking skills. You know, because I knew her, we were friends as well. When I talked to her about, you know, how she'd learned those things, she said she learned them in law school. So that was kind of how the seed got planted in my mind. But I think on some level, I'd always been very curious about being a lawyer. Maybe like A Few Good Men, if you've ever seen that movie with Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's probably the first time I thought about it was when I saw that movie. And tell us a story around becoming a trial and personal injury attorney. Why that field of study? Absolutely. So, you know, when you're at law school, you're really just trying to get a job, right? Because it's like, okay, I've been in school all this time, got these student loans. So the first job that I applied everywhere that I could, the first job that I got was doing insurance defense for State Farm, right in Atlanta. So you come in and now you're you're defending anyone who's a State Farm policyholder that's caused an accident or if they own a venue and like a restaurant or a store and there's a slip and fall there and learning how to defend them. I didn't feel fulfilled because when we got a case settled, the adjuster would, you know, call or send me an email saying, hey, thanks for this great work. Here's another case. And that was kind of our relationship. Whereas when I switch sides now and I'm helping people, you know, I get to meet them, I get to speak to them, get to understand what they're going through. And then when I when we settle a case and I hand them a settlement check, they tell me things like, hey, this is going to help me get down payment for a house is going to help me with student loans. Like I feel more of a connection with the people. And that's probably why I switched over. And I, I don't see myself ever wanting to represent corporations again. I really just enjoy meeting everyday people, working with them, seeing how I can help impact their lives, make their lives better after they've been hurt. Give or get. What do you want to get? And what do you want to give? Absolutely. So the main thing I would like people to know is if you ever need a lawyer, you know, we do we do free, free consultations. I like to talk to people to see if I can help them before I ever have them sign up for anything. And they can always reach out to us. We're open 24-7. So I guess that's that's what we'd like to get. And what we'd like to give is great legal service, I hope, <laughs> if that's a good answer. And how can they connect with you? I am Nigel the Lawyer on all your social media platforms. So TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and my firm's phone number is also another great way to reach me. You want to give it? Sure thing. It's 678-813-0498. Thank you for that. Talk about being on TikTok. How do you utilize TikTok as an attorney? So TikTok is very fast paced, right? It's, it's quick. It's, it's all about what's trending. So people want to see you, but they don't want to, that their attention span on TikTok is you got them for about 15 seconds, really. So I'll hop on there really quickly, show people behind the scenes of me in the office, right? Like, hey, this is where I come in, show them that. Or these are the three things you should do if you're in a car accident, you know, say them real rapid fire, like 15. I personally don't dance 
Dr. Richards on TikTok. <laughs> there are some attorneys who do, and I don't hold it against them. But yeah, it's just like really quick rapid fire videos because people's attention span on there, you know, it's really, really short. It's not like the other platforms. And what is your favorite platform? I'd say probably YouTube because YouTube people come there looking for more longer content. So I'll have someone ask me like, hey, how do I study for the bar exam? Or like, how did you study for the bar exam? And then I can actually go into like a two, three minute video where I'm giving more of a detailed explanation that you can't. On TikTok, if you try to upload, I think there's actually a 60 second limit on TikTok for how long your video can be. Complete fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because. You've shown that lawyers can do their job virtually. So that's what I want to thank the pandemic for. It did. Obviously, it was hard before a lot of people, but it did force my industry to, to move forward, right? So for attorneys, clients always wanted to see us in person. Judges always wanted us to go to court for hearings in person. Now, if a client wants to speak to me, they can just hop on a video chat just like we're doing right now. And it's more convenient for the client because they would rather do that rather than hop in their car, drive down to my office, risk exposing themselves to people, right? Putting themselves at risk for COVID. People actually prefer that. And then some judges as well, same thing. They'd rather just do our hearings just like this. So I'm grateful that COVID forced our industry to move forward. I felt like it was very like archaic. You know, lawyers weren't really evolving. Uh, and now virtual firms have become a thing that's normal. My firm, we're almost completely virtual. And what was that aha moment when you knew that you were going to be successful on your own, Nigel? To be 100% honest with you, Dr. Richards, when I saw how much money I made from my last employer, that was the decide. I was like, huh, okay. So that was it. Awesome. That came from, I was three years at a large firm, Morgan & Morgan, and probably the best training I could have received I was around so many great lawyers. So I got a chance to learn. And as I got to, as I worked there, I got better and better and better. So my confidence increased and it showed in my results. So that's what gave me the confidence to walk away and say, I want to start my own firm. What problem exists in the world today that you would like to solve? I would say people of color knowing that attorneys are available to help them more than they know. So most of the people that I know are Black people, right? And we don't know a lot of lawyers. Like I had a friend's mom who was dealing with a social security issue. She didn't know you can get an attorney for that to help you for free. I had someone else who was going through a bankruptcy and was trying to do it themselves, not knowing that you can, that bankruptcy attorneys were even a thing. You know, most people of color, we know criminal lawyers. We might know, you know, your sports lawyer guy, entertainment lawyer, but for the most part, that's about the extent of our knowledge, right? So if you want to start an LLC, you can get a lawyer to help you with that. If you have an issue with a surgery with a doctor, you can get a lawyer to pursue a malpractice claim for you. There's so many different kinds of attorneys that I want at least more Black people to utilize that. It's not something that we know that we can do. Advice you wish you had followed. So something that I didn't follow, right? I would say probably all the times my mom told me to just take my time and let things come to me, right? Don't be too excited for everything so fast. Nothing worth having comes easy. Yeah. The advice that I continue to try to follow. What are you reading now and why? I'm reading mostly books that are about the law, but one thing that I'm reading for, reading for pleasure, if I can, is 
Will Smith's book. And the reason why I'm reading it is, number one, I've always been such a huge fan of his. And he's been famous like for as long as I can remember. So I was just curious to know about like his life, who he is. And then autobiographies are probably like my favorite genre to read. So that's what I'm reading right now. It's a, it's a really great book. It's funny. It's insightful. You know, he, he really opens up a lot about himself. What is your zone of genius? Wow. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. I would say my litigation skills, you know, being a trial lawyer, I really put in the time to to try and be good at my job just because there's so many great lawyers that I've been blessed to, to look up to that have shown me showing me how to do it. So I'd say that that's probably one one area that I feel, I don't want to say genius, that almost feels arrogant, but feel pretty confident in. I want you to have a monologue. I want you to name this person, living or not. They've inspired you so much. Name the person. And what are you saying to that person? Probably my mother. And I would tell her thank you for her strength. I would say just watching how hard she worked, her perseverance, her fearlessness. I've learned so much from her. I take so much from her. It's grounded me in the values of who I hope I can be, you know, hardworking, you know, trying to do better for the next generation. That would probably be the person, my mom. Who are your top two influencers or mentors and what lessons do they teach you? Okay. I would say one of them is a close friend. I call him, he's, he's like an uncle, but we're not actually related. He always inspired me to just embrace being different. I'm not from the States. I moved here when I was in high school. I was born in Zambia. I remember one time he told me I was struggling with fitting in, being like everybody else because I was so different, right? And he said, you know, Nigel, you're you're a green marble in a sea of white marbles. And for some reason, you want to be like another white marble instead of being green, embracing that you're green. And I think I was like maybe 17 years old when he said that to me. And it always stuck with me about embracing individuality and sort of charting your own path and being confident in yourself. I like that. Thanks for sharing. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why. I would say I, I admire the like the Fortune 100 companies, the companies that we use, that we see every day. Your big insurance companies, right? Your pizza places, your car dealerships, they're still the companies that advertise the most. Even though they're already the biggest and already making the most profit, they continue to advertise every single day. So that's one thing that I try to emulate that I feel like is can easily be done, especially with social media. It sort of evens the playing field, how much we can spend in ads. So that's I admire like really, really successful corporations that advertise a lot. Talk about mental wellness and entrepreneurship. I would say entrepreneurship for me has definitely had a positive impact on my mental health. Even though, you know, I feel like I'm more successful now, I'm more in control of my schedule than I've ever been. My time is so much more my own. You know, when I worked in firms before, firms have different cultures. Some firms want you to have a coat and tie on every single day, no matter what. I don't have to deal with that sort of stress anymore. I mostly just dress up now when when I have to meet clients or meetings or things like that. But for the most part, I really like my firm. My employees like to have a very relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. What is your company's culture? I would say the first thing that we are is 
we're passionate about our clients and we're passionate about winning. Treating clients like family, I think, is important. We represent people who are in pain, right? And we try to tell them, hey, we, we can't take your pain, pain away, but we'll try to see if we can find who's wrong, hold them responsible, and get you some money for it as much as we can. So treating clients that way, making sure that they understand that we care about them, which is usually just returning a phone call within 24 to 48 hours. You know, most of the calls we get is, hey, what's going on in my case? And then the second thing is passion for winning, right? Which I think is not accepting the first offer or the second offer that an insurance company makes on a case. You know, and if, if they're not putting a number that we feel our client deserves, we're willing to take the case to court and say, hey, if you're not going to pay us, we're going to go to a jury and then a jury's going to tell you to pay us. What is your top priority for your life right now? I would say that's a twofold answer. I want to continue to build my business and then just be dependable for the people who rely on me, the people that I take care of. I want to be someone that's like a rock that they know, hey, no matter what I need, Nigel's got my back. Those would probably be the two things. What is your purpose in life? Why are you here? First thing that, that jumped out to me was to provide for my daughter, right? That's the first thing I thought about. And then second is to help as many people as I can that I hurt, that I, I think that's my purpose, help as many people as I can. Talk about fatherhood. I would say the best job, that the most thankless job, it's like being a superhero every time she sees me, you know, every single day, <laughs> every day, it never stops. You know, and it's a feeling I never get tired of. I love when she falls asleep on me. You know, she's she's probably my favorite person. My daughter, her name is Maya. Shout out to Maya. Thank you. How do you feel about who you have become as a person, Nigel? I'm pretty happy with with where I am. I try to think of myself as a role model, you know, so and remember that I am a dad. So someone's looking up to me. So, yeah, I th I'm pretty happy with where I am. If you lost everything and you had to rebuild in 30 days, how would you rebuild? What industry and why? Almost like a do-over, I guess. <laughs> I don't think I would have been a lawyer. I think I might have done something different. Like yeah. what? I think I would have just tried being, my hand at being an entrepreneur sooner than I did. Like I, I, I opened my firm almost a year and a half ago, right? Maybe I think I would have maybe tried my hand at it 10 years ago. Because I feel like fear was the main thing that was holding me back from a number of opportunities that I could have taken advantage of. How did you mitigate that fear? I went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you step back. You talked about 10 years ago, you would have started to become an entrepreneur earlier. What industry? That's difficult to say but probably in tech, probably something in tech, in the tech world. Are you a tech genius? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm having an accident concierge app made right now, my firm is, because I kind of want to streamline our process, the process of what I do if I can. So I, that's whatever industry I would have gone into or I would have tried to bring technology into it. You know, there's no app for what I do, Dr. Richards. None exists, right? So I feel like, if we one can be made, I think so. Yeah, something something to do with technology. And do you have a projected date when the app is coming out? It's going to be first quarter 
So before the end of this year, we're in phase three of five phases. So I can definitely reach out to you if you want to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. We do want you to come back and share with our audience so we can help launch it. And if you had to give any advice to someone who is thinking about starting an app, what advice would you give them? Well, number one, I would say try to think your idea through as much as you can, you know, because when we when we actually sat down, they really made me think about a hundred different things that I didn't even know could be an issue or just show me all the depths that my thought thinking hadn't gotten to yet to make the app viable, right? Because your idea for the app is not going to be enough. So people who want to start an app, I'd say, make sure you understand how much it costs, understand that there's also going to be some type of marketing budget for you to get it out there once the app is done. And then number three, make sure you have your idea really thought out and mapped out. They have so many guides now and so many free videos on YouTube that can sort of help you put your idea together before you actually reach out to any sort of app development company. So your advice is go to YouTube University. I think YouTube is one of the greatest inventions in in the world. YouTube University, exactly. I get so much great free content off of there for experts who have just taken their time and are willing to teach and share for free, right? So why wouldn't you capitalize on it? Ditto. What is the one thing that we can do right now to support your law office? Oh, you can, everybody can post one of my ads on their page, on all their social media pages. (laughs) And how are they going to get your ad? It's on my Instagram page at Nigel the Lawyer, and I can send it to you. Okay. We appreciate that. What keeps you up at night? Some of the defense lawyers that I go against. So I'm a very passionate person, you know, and I feel like what I do, lawyers never have to dislike each other. We can argue about a case, but always maintain professionalism. Sadly, not every lawyer is that way. So the ones that make me upset, those are the ones that I think about. Those are the ones that I I really, really look forward to working against. And what can you do daily to be better? Oh, read more. Always. I think reading more. I think reading is key. Normally, we would ask this question, I want you to talk to a younger you, but I don't want you to talk to a younger you. What I want you to do is pick a period in your life, whether it was yesterday or of course, it's going to be younger because you've already aged today. Unfortunately, we both have. So pick a period in your life and I want you to give advice to yourself, but you have to tell us what period you're talking to yourself. I would probably say late teens, early 20s. You know, that's the time when I feel like I was starting to understand who I was as a young man. The main thing I would tell myself would be to take my time, think things through, and be careful. (laughs) What have you not done in life that you dream about often that you would like to do? When I was in college, I regretted that I never took advantage of study abroad. I felt like it was a great opportunity to just go to a random country and live there for like four months. 
that's something I, I still want to do. I think my job and fatherhood makes <laughs> can just disappear for a few months. But yeah, that's one thing I think about. I'm like, what would it be like to just go live in another country? Becoming attorney Nigel. Talk about becoming. It's a process. I think everyone's journey is really, really different. I think I invested too much in my first legal job. And I think law school is geared to really make you think that your first legal job is, you know, the end all be all, you know? So the process of letting that job go and then discovering once I became a lawyer, what kind of lawyer I wanted to be, you know, I'd say that's who becoming who I am has been about. Let's talk about your generation. What is that resounding sound or message that your generation is saying that we should be listening to? I think we're compared to our parents where so many more of us have gone to college and university. So many more of us have embraced entrepreneurship. I think we've really pushed the culture forward. And I think we should invest in our next generation that's coming up see how much further they can go. I would love to see more Black doctors, scientists, professors, lawyers, sure, people who are running successful podcasts on their own. That's what I would say our generation is saying is we can build more and we can do more as we go forward. What does self-care look like for Attorney Nigel? Going to the beach. That's probably my favorite thing to do as far as vacation or taking time off, going to the beach. What's your favorite beach? That's difficult to pick just one. If I had to go somewhere close, Miami. But if I had to go like overall, probably Rio in Brazil has some really nice beaches. Oh, and and in Cali, actually, I like the beach in Cali, San Diego. I really like the beach there. The word is play. How did you play or how will you play today? Oh, I think at about 10 p.m. tonight, I'm going to play some Call of Duty and (laughs) video games with my friends. (laughs) Nice, nice. What feeds your soul? Spending time with my daughter. What breaks your heart? Not getting a settlement for a client, which gladly rarely happens. But yeah, that, that really, really breaks my heart. What inspires you to keep going? Bills. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love living living life, Dr. Richards. That's what keeps me going. I love sunlight. You know, like I, I love when I wake up and it's a sunny day. Maybe not in the wintertime when it's cold because then I know like, hey, I can go grab my laptop laptop and work outside or I can go for a walk today. So yeah, just I, was, I just love living life. Talk about business continuity. What is your highest risk as a business owner? What's my highest risk? It's hard to pinpoint just one, but I would say probably not bringing in new cases. You know, it's not a problem that I have, thankfully, but that would probably be the biggest thing. Let's take a snapshot of the last 30 days. What it was your biggest win? I settled some really good cases for some, some very deserving clients. And how do you celebrate your wins? By giving the clients money. <laughs> <laughs> I would say 
Yeah, I had a pretty good Christmas. That's how I celebrated the ones this year. Had a pretty good, me and my family had a good Christmas. What is the best decision you've made as a leader? Opening my own business. What is the best advice you was ever given? Don't be afraid to be yourself. Is there a social cause tied to your business? Yes, absolutely. So Community Law Day, which I kind of touched on a little bit. Community Law Day is an event where we've had it twice. You come out and any kind of legal issue that you need, we're pretty sure we're going to have a lawyer there that can answer it to you for free. So we had a lot of people come out with criminal defense stuff, tax law questions. And we had a panel of nine different types of lawyers. People came out, asked questions, got them answered for free. And then they followed up with that attorney and saw if they could get their help. But yeah, community law day would say it'd be a social cause. That's wonderful. Legacy. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? I'd love to leave a great foundation for my daughter and, you know, the people that come after me. So they're not starting from square one, I would say, the way I did. Raising capital. How did you raise capital to start your business? Saved. (laughs) I worked hard and I saved, you know, nothing, nothing creative, nothing special. I looked at where I was spending the most money, which was primarily just restaurants and things like that. It's because I wasn't a big spender. It was small purchases, but then so many, right? So your Amazon, for example, you know, things like that. So I cut my expenses so that I could save more. And I had a, I set a specific goal of how much I wanted to save. I can say the number $50,000, which I figured would cover my expenses for my first year if I didn't bring any, bring in any, any business. Right. So yeah, when I got to that number, that's when I, I told my old firm I was leaving. How long did it take you to save 50? About a year, year and a half, maybe. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. What do you need right now that you don't have to move the needle forward? I would say just bringing in new cases because I want to, I want to build my firm to as big as I can get it been blessed to have some mentors who built some very successful firms and they've shared some things that I'm trying to implement. And I think God is looking out and it's going to work out well. And you're looking to bring on more attorneys? Yeah, more more attorneys, more paralegals. My first hire will probably be another paralegal. And then I want to bring in an associate, like an attorney. Yeah. Talk about your most memorable moment in life or in business. Settling my first seven-figure case. How did that feel? When I saw the check with my firm's name on it, I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Nigel, if someone spent a day with you, what is something that they would learn about you that they don't know? I like to stick to my routine. You know, I have a pretty set schedule. My time for work is very important. I usually put my phone on silent, so I'm not very reachable during the day. That's one thing they'll learn about me. And I I really want to, I try to work hard. I think hard work is one thing that you can't shortcut or get around. And I think if you're always willing to work hard, you'll have good results. If someone wrote an autobiography about you, what would the title be? God was really looking out. (laughs) (laughs) I think they would talk about, that's tough. Yeah, I think I would say God was looking out, really, because it's been quite a journey from Zambia, then I moved to South Africa, then I moved here, 
And, you know, I went to decide to go to law school and big, small firm, big firm, opened my own firm. Yeah, I think just God was really looking out. If you had to do something differently in starting your business, what would you have done differently? Oh, well, I would have I would have started sooner. That's probably the first thing I would have done. I think primarily the main thing that held me back, Dr. Richards, was fear of failure. And someone else, I know you had said you overcame fear by going to law school. What do you think is other advice to overcome fear? I think understanding what it is that you're afraid of. I was afraid of not being able to provide what I need and my family needs. I think every man on some level thinks about that. So going to law school was my way of saying, hey, what skills can I try to acquire, you know, that can empower me to take care of myself and the people that depend on me? What was your most costly lesson that you have learned and what was the takeaway? Probably just taking on a case that we shouldn't have. I think understanding what you can do in a case for a client. Dr. Richards, you can only be in a car in so many different ways, right? You can only slip and fall in a grocery store so many ways. A lot of what I do is repetitive. So I think understanding and setting expectations for what you can do for a client, that's probably the one thing that I've, I've tried to make sure that a mistake I don't make again. And what is the one thing that you do to impact people's lives daily? Oh, I try to give out free legal advice anytime I can, or connect people to a lawyer who can help them if I can't myself. So that's one thing I try to tell my staff always, you know, at our firm, if somebody calls or if somebody reaches out to us and it's not the kind of law that we practice, you know, we have a list of attorneys who they refer people to. They don't say, oh, we can't help you. Goodbye. When we think about innovation and change and evolution, how do you think the field of law has evolved or have become more innovative? I think it's come a long way in some of the software that we use internally to make the attorney's jobs easier. But I think in some ways, it could be more innovative with transparency with our clients. Because I think about like, if you, if you look at, for example, like the taxi industry before Uber and Lyft, right? You always had to have the number for a cab, then you had to call, then you did like, it, it was this process that they were in control of. Now Uber and Lyft come out and it's con the convenience is now the consumers. So I think with lawyers, we've for a long time relied on if you want to reach your lawyer, you've got to call their office and then you get their staff and their staff might patch you through if they're available. Getting appointments is difficult. Like it's always been that way. I don't think it's going to be that way forever. I think people are craving that transparency. You know, we have it in the medical field now with stuff like virtual medicine and telemedicine where providers are able to speak to clients, you know, right really quickly. I think consumers are demanding that transparency, right? And we have to find a way. It's our responsibility. We have to find a way to try to give it to them. Attorney Nigel, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. You ask some of the most unique questions I've ever heard. <laughs> 
And listen, we didn't even pay you to say that. Right? <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. No, you, you really do ask. What's the one question I would have asked myself? Oh, wow. Dr. Riches, I can't, I can't think of anything. So we'll go into the rapid round of fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I'd like you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Okay. The last movie you saw? The Avatar sequel, the new one. What is your comfort food? Ice cream. Your favorite car? Lamborghini. And on the ice cream question, what flavor? Caramel. You relax doing what? Watching sports. Your favorite singer or rapper? Probably Michael Jackson and Jay-Z. Your favorite dance song? Dance song? I don't have one. Probably the del- the ballerina song I, I dance with my daughter to. <laughs> That's beautiful. What food you eat every week, no matter what? I usually enjoy a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch in the morning. Workout or hit the couch? Workout. Well, both. Workout, then hit the couch. <laughs> Attorney Nigel, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Richards. Nigel Peary, you can reach me by phone 678-813-0498, or you can DM me, Nigel the Lawyer, all one word on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And my email address is nigel at npesq.com. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening and subscribing to Black Entrepreneur Experience. We would love for you to leave a review and rating on iTunes and share with your friends. For show notes and more episodes, go to www.beepodcast.com. Join us next Wednesday. And remember, green is the new black. So keep your bank accounts and your business in the black.